From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7, and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. What you're hearing, or what you were hearing, was the University of Illinois fight song. That is exactly what UVA players have been hearing over and over and over again during practice, and will continue to do so until they hit the road to face Illinois on Saturday. Um, I think we spoke to three players on Tuesday, all of them said they were tired of it, but they understood why it helped them figure out how to just play with all the noise around them, get through their get through everything, to get through their snap counts. So I they understood, but they might have a little bit of a headache. Well, Tony Elliott said they're going to go to sleep hearing that song. I am going to go to sleep hearing that song. And I only heard it for about 15. 20 minutes. So I can't imagine the other Virginia players. So Virginia has started the season one and oh, we spoke with Virginia head coach Tony Elliott on Tuesday afternoon. He seemed to be a coach that won his first game. He was very positive on what he saw. So let's hear from his first impressions of watching film and seeing how his team did against Richmond. A lot of things that, that they did well and, and I'm excited about, uh, some things that you know, I wasn't sure. Uh, and then there's also a, a lot of things that we could have done better. Coaches as well, and I was transparent with the, with the players. There's things that I got to do better as a head coach. Uh, in, my first, uh, in my first time out, I was very critical of myself to, uh, to make sure that, that I'm helping these young men be successful. So uh, all around as a, as a staff, um, as, a, as a team, as a program, there's things that we can do better. So like Tony Elliott said, they've been going through game film and really figuring out where they stand on several of their position groups, including including the O-line and the D-line, how the defense handled Richmond's rushing offense. They looked into all those things. But I want to highlight one thing before we kind of go into the actual game and what he talked about the offensive line and what he felt the defense needed to improve. So before we get to that, I'm going to highlight something that was a big talking point for Wahoo Nation right after the game. And that was Tony Elliott not calling a timeout at the end of the end of the first half. That's something we touched on as well. We were saying that UVA needed the killer instinct. Tony Elliott said they needed the killer instinct. We kind of highlighted a little bit briefly towards the end of the podcast a couple days ago that maybe calling the timeout would show a little bit more of regression, maybe help with that killer instinct. So Elliott 
in his post-game presser on Saturday said the idea was they didn't call a timeout because they didn't call it the timeout. And it was kind of a decision where he talked to coach Kitchings and said, let's run a play. And if it was a big play, then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of go from there and be more aggressive. But he said he saw a few things on the field, which led him to believe, you know what, let's just, let's just get to the half. So during his opening statement, he said, like you heard that the coaches saw some things that they needed to improve. Now, when he was asked, about the offensive line. And he was also asked about the offense in the second half cut because it looked like, you know, things, people were getting tired. It was a little lackluster in the second half. He brought up not calling a timeout. So listen to what he said. Um, we had four straight touchdown drives uh, after the opening drive offensively. We were in a rhythm. Defense gets a stop. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, okay, Des, run the ball. If we have a big play, then we'll be aggressive and we'll go attack. I probably should have just came out attacking uh, and set the mind and set their mindset going in a half. Because uh, as I evaluated the week, uh, Wednesday's practice last week, uh, strategically as coaches, we kind of pulled back a little bit to save their legs, and we didn't have a great have a great practice. And then I equated that to kind of the middle eight of the game. And so it was it was a learning opportunity for all of us. I should have put my foot on the gas. Uh, so that these guys could come out in the second half and get off to a fast start. So just being transparent, Tony Elliott was not asked about that specific decision again during his press conference, like I alluded to leading into that soundbite. He was talking about the offensive line where he was asked about the offensive line and the offense during that second half. And then he kind of brought back because he didn't feel like he could answer that question without mentioning his decision prior to that first half. So it's nice to see a coach kind of go back and mention a decision that at the end of the game, he said it was fine. And then he reevaluated and said, Hey, we're going to learn from this just like our players are going to learn from it. So now let's talk about what Tony Elliott felt like the game went when he went back and watched game film, because it's a little different when you get to sit back and actually watch film rather than just see things live. Um, so he did like how the offensive line played, not because they played hundred percent fantastic, but because he saw there's opportunity to improve and for the situation that this O-line was faced with several guys having their first starts and them not only playing together for maybe like a week or two during fall camp, because there's a lot of injuries. Mikhail Boley wasn't really in the starting lineup until that last week of um, leading up to the game. So because of that, then you can see that he liked what he saw. Obviously he said, Mikhail Boley is still learning. There's a few things that need to learn. Um, kind of pushing through a few of the discomfort levels when you're a first year, just, you know, getting used to the game pace and getting used to what is expected to view when you, when you have to strain a little bit more, but he liked what he saw from the O-line, the, you know, the few times that Brennan Armstrong was sacked or was hit. Elliot was pointing out that at times you couldn't blame the O-line, something that we mentioned in our game and game recap as well was it looked like it was a problem in the back end, maybe the running back, uh, ran a little bit too fast and missed his protection. So overall, he liked what he saw from his O-line. He wants them, obviously, to get a little bit better technically. So that is something um, that they'll be, obviously, working on. He uh, His exact quote, quote was, technically, we have things to improve, but it was good for them to get that work together, have some success, but then also see opportunities to improve. And when you have two players rush for over 100 yards, 
that is a good day for an offensive line, a new offensive line. Defensively, he was saying that he didn't mind the defensive line as such. Obviously, they wanted a bit more pass rush. What he said was he wants these guys to work better with their hands. He pointed out to Ben Smiley was one guy. They were able to get to the quarterback at times, but they weren't able to do much. We didn't have anything to show for it. So work better on your hands and just getting to guys quicker. He said that timing needs to be improved. And that's something that comes with experience. Obviously, when you look at the next opponent, which is Illinois, you know they're going to be physical in the trenches. So that's what he wants from his defensive line. He was mentioning that he was content with his D-line, but they need to push forward a little bit more. He also said they need to use their hands a little bit more effectively so that they, when they get to the quarterback, um, they can cause a little bit more chaos, could have more havoc. He was content with the secondary, though, said that every time that they were asked to come, they were called to action by a downfield throw by Richmond. They did well. He was also pleasantly surprised with the tackling. He said it kind of exceeded expectations just because of what he's seen at fall camp and scrimmage. So those are the kind of the main talking points on the defensive side of the ball. Now on the offensive side of the ball, um, one thing that he mentioned was quarterback Brennan Armstrong. I know everyone in Wahoo Nation breathed a sigh of dread when Brennan went down and was holding onto his left shoulder. But then, you know, he told Elliot he was fine. And Elliot just told him, listen, man, you're kind of the field general. Don't get hurt and go in the sidelines and not be able to go in the battle over a stupid play. If you read my speech on Brennan last year during the season, his high school coach said that he was a quarterback but he had a safeties mentality. But as a quarterback, Tony Elliott is saying, don't do stupid things. But it's like putting your body in a line and going after three defenders and lowering your shoulders. But at the same time, you have to marry what Brennan, who Brennan is. Brennan is the guy who's not afraid to take a hit. Brennan is the guy that will we'll try to go through defenders to get to the extra yardage. So what Tony Elliott and his staff is trying to impart onto Brennan is to be smart in your decisions and weigh the pros and cons of doing something like that. Um, And then what he's also doing is not only helping Brennan make those decisions or just kind of help him kind of go through the pros and cons in those situations, but also challenging the running backs, challenging those guys to help in protection, but also produce because he, at the end of the day, they don't want Brennan to be the leading carrier. They do not want Brennan to be the leading rusher. They want Paris Jones, Mike Collins, Cody Brown, Ronnie Walker. Those are the guys that he wants to be leading rushers or at least leading ball carriers. They do not want Brennan Armstrong to do that. He also is asking Brennan to step up in his in, in his game. Uh, Elliot said that Brennan did have some low parts. So there's actually Tony Elliott talking about the overall feelings he had defensively and offensively. And he actually said that he felt the defense play harder on the day. Here, listen up. All defensively, I felt like defensively the guys played a little bit harder than the guys on offense, just being transparent. I thought the guys on special teams, man, they played uh, they played extremely hard. Uh, so overall, I felt like we won the effort battle, 
and, and I have different things that I look at to, to make that decision. But uh, offensively, I think that there's some guys we need a challenge to, to pick it up, uh, play in and play out, starting with our quarterback. You know, our quarterback uh, had some lows in the game, and he wants to watch the play too much. I told him, I said, hey, if you want to be a spectator, pay 60 bucks and go in the stands, right? I mean, you got a job to do. And, and with our stuff, he's got, he's got to control uh, certain defenders by the way that he fakes. And so those are the type of things uh, that I'm talking about, just the, just the, the commitment to the little things that, that ultimately make you successful. One thing I like about Tony Elliott, he is not a man who likes to pull punches. He, he's pretty transparent during his press conferences. He's pretty transparent to his players. He lets them know what he likes and what he doesn't like. So, um, so that's some of the biggest takeaways from his press conference as far as how he evaluated the game against Richmond. Moving forward, Illinois. So after the break, we're going to break down the depth chart and also the medical report. Who is available against Illinois? Just Welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7, and we're talking about the main talking points of Tony Elliott's press conference on Tuesday. The first half of the show, we dealt with what he thought about the Richmond game and his evaluations of the defense and offense and what he would like to see improved before Illinois. So let's, let's move forward to this first road game to Illinois. Um, we're just going to briefly talk about them. Now we'll have a more in-depth game preview on Thursday morning where we, where we invite Jeremy Warner who covers Illinois onto the show so that we can learn a little bit more about them. So this week, we usually are going to talk to you about the depth chart and who moved and who stayed the same. We can't actually do that. Well, we can because we can, we can predict and hypothesize who's going to be on the depth chart. But because Illinois does not release a depth chart, University of Virginia has decided not to update their depth chart from Richmond. So the depth chart is exactly the same but they will not be exactly the same when they line up against Illinois. One big difference is going to be Josh Ahern. Josh Ahern was not a starter against Richmond because he had to, he had to not play that first half because he had that targeting call against Virginia tech and he needed to have a, that first half suspension. So he will probably start. I'm 99.9% certain he will start. Um, I never like to say hundred percent because you never know what happens during practice week. Um, with injuries and such, but he's 99.9% certain that he will start. So I expect Josh Ahern and Nick Jackson to line up at linebacker. I think the secondary is going to look a little bit more with what we saw for most of the games. If you follow us on our Wahoo's 24-7 site, we posted our snap counts from Pro Football Focus. And if you realize, although Antonio Clary didn't start, Antonio Clary had a lot of the snaps. So I think that secondary is going to line up pretty similar with Anthony Johnson and Ventral Cypress as your corners, and then Darius Branton, Antonio Clary, and Jonas Sanker as your safeties with Lex Long coming and rotating in. So that is your secondary, which is different than what the depth chart is showing. I think the other difference you're going to see is obviously going to see Jonathan Leach's name pop up. They're evaluating as this week goes to see how much he can rotate in. So I imagine he will play instead of Mikhail Bully. It will be interesting to see 
John Paul Flores and Noah Josie. John Paul Flores started against Richmond. I expect him to start again against Illinois, but I can see Noah Josie, who had a really good game when he did step in against Richmond. I could see him rotating in. So Noah Josie would be my first guy off the bench for that O-line. So that is the group um, that I see some changes there. The other group that I think we might expect some changes is the running back room. So we had some big news coming out of Tony Ellis press conference when it comes to that, when it comes to that group. Um, obviously we mentioned Leach is possibly available, more so available in Illinois. He actually was available against Richmond for emergency situations, but two other guys that look to be available will be running back, running Walker and running back Cody Brown. Both of those guys were not available in the opener. Uh, Tony Elliott said they, they let Ronnie Walker loose in practice. Uh, so they're, working through seeing how much he's going to be available against Illinois. He has to work through that first initial discomfort when you're coming back full contact. Cody Brown sat out last week, but he is back this week. He's expected to feature. So when you look at that depth, you see Paris Jones one, shouldn't change that. Paris Jones will probably be the number one. Then you see Mike Collins. Mike Collins did not have a good game against Richmond. He had that fumble, which he recovered for the touchdown but he also had a PFF grade of 14.1 when it came to pass protection. Actually, that hit that Brendan Armstrong gingerly came up and touched his left shoulder, that was Mike Collins, I think, being a little bit too quick. That was probably one of the things that Tony Elliott alluded to on that front about a missed assignment. So in that case, I could see it be, if I had a depth chart in front of me right now, it would probably be Mike Collins or ronnie walker if ronnie walker was fully fit and they believe so i think it'll be interesting to see once ronnie walker is fully healthy where he fits in this i think paris jones has earned the right to be number one just because when you looked at his game film against richmond not only did he do well on the ground he did well as a receiver although he ran the wrong route there but he also picked up the blitz he wasn't afraid to lower his shoulder and pick up the blitz so i, I think when you look at that you'll see as number one but I could see Ronnie Walker going up in the depth chart. And then Cody Brown, he's still working on conditioning from all I heard. He's doing well and developing. I think it's going to take a little bit more time for him to move up the depth chart. But Ronnie Walker was a guy the staff was very excited about before the injury. So how quickly he can get back to game fitness will determine how quickly he will go up the depth chart. So that is, that is one that I'm interested to see because against Illinois, a team – and again, we're going to go dive deeper to Illinois on the next episode. This is a team that can control the clock. So Virginia wants to control the clock, which means you want to control the ground game, which means Paris Jones, Mike Collins, Ronnie Walker, Cody Brown, Xavier Brown, who's very, very impressive as a true freshman in, in Richmond. You know, even Tony Elliott said he liked what he saw. Those guys are going to have to do well on the ground. The offensive line are going to have to do well for run blocking. So that is uh, going to be something to watch. And then another group that I'm eager to watch is the wider receivers. That's a very talented group. They didn't perform like a talented group against Richmond. They had a few uncharacteristic drops against the Spiders. Um, something that Tony Elliott said, not only against, uh, not only after the game, but also in his press conference, was that he wants those young guys to push the veterans. He said he couldn't play as much young players as he wanted to against Richmond because it was a tighter game. So he couldn't pull out the veterans. 
But he also says he needs guys like Devin Chandler and Demick Starlings to push those veterans in practice. He's a guy, if you can't perform in practice, you're not going to earn it during game. You got to earn your playing time in practice. So that is, uh, that is something that stood out as well. So he, he wants them to earn the trust in practice. And he specifically called out a few younger wide receivers, asking them, challenging them again, Tony Elliott isn't shy of using his press conferences to call out or to challenge certain players. And he did so again on Tuesday. And we're going to end this episode this, um, this Wednesday morning by leaving Tony Elliott on the stage. We're going to, again, talk about Illinois a little bit more in depth on Thursday, but Illinois is going to be a challenge. This is not going to be a domination that we saw last year at Scott Stadium. This is a different Illinois team. This is a Virginia team still getting used to the new staff. So I'm going to leave you guys with what Tony Elliott said, because this is true. This is going to be a physical physical matchup. So this is what Tony Elliott had to say when he had to dissect what makes Illinois a tough opponent. Uh, man, I, t- I told the guys we're, we're got to be careful because you're walking into a situation uh, where uh, they, they played, they played to the end um, and didn't, it didn't go their way. Uh, they're at home. Uh, the, uh, Virginia beat them last year. So there's, there's a lot of, 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 motivation on their end and they're a big physical team up front uh, they run the football uh, they they're good they're going to be committed to run the football they've had success the running back is is very very talented um, uh, you can see that he's very very comfortable in the scheme he understands uh, and anticipates where the run lanes are going to be um, he doesn't try to do too much uh, number one is a jitterbug I mean you can you can't tackle him in a phone booth um, they're confident the quarterback, you know, the quarterback's played a lot of football. You know, he was at Syracuse, transferred over, and um, he can he can beat you both with his arm and with his legs. And then defensively, they're aggressive. You know, on defense, they're aggressive, three-man front, uh, but they make a five-man front and play a lot of man coverage and, and basically say, hey, uh, let the best man win. You know, you don't see you don't see a ton of that uh, anymore, where people just play five-man front, create single blocks. Uh, so it's a game of matchups. Uh, for us, and and they come in from a league where the league takes pride in, in running the football. And you look at the look at the Big Ten, man. They're uh, that's what they pride big offensive linemen. You know that mow you down, and uh, they're not afraid of a of a thirteen to seven game, uh, a nine to six game. Uh, so they're built they're built to control the clock. And so our guys got to understand the mindset, and that's really what we've been stressing the, uh, these last two days is the is the mindset of this type of game that we're getting ready to go into. The mindset is going to be key for Virginia. They need to play all four quarters, something they did not do against Richmond. So that's it for this episode. Again, we'll be back on Thursday to preview the game a little bit more in detail. We'll have Jeremy Warner from our Illinois site on the show too, so we can know a little bit more about what changes this Illinois team has made since the last time Virginia played them last season when UVA came out for the win. And again, if you like what you're seeing, you like what you're hearing here on the good old podcast, Anna who's 24 seven, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. And I would appreciate if you head over to 
Apple and Spotify and leave us a review and rate us. We can continue to grow this podcast. So for Tony Elliott, I'm Jack Frenchley for Wahoo 24-7. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday and we'll see you right back here on Thursday morning. Thank you.